Hello and welcome to the Total Clarity Podcast. I'm Jesse Hyatt. And I'm Mike Varley. And this is our 39th week walking. Yep, and that corresponds to three out of four seasons of the year that we have walked through. Hot damn. Hot damn. Not only does that mean that we have walked through three quarters of the year, this is also the week we would have ended had there not been a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, we originally were going to start this project on March 21st, which would have been the first day of spring in 2020. And what happened on March 21st, 2020, or a week before? (laughs) It had already been happening for a little bit of time, but basically New York City closed down and we decided to close down the project with it. Yeah, so we were going to have a week before we started party on March 13th, right, or Mm -hmm. 14th, and then the day before that was the day that the entire city shut down, and we all sort of realized that this was going to be a real thing, and I think by the 21st, the day that we were going to start walking, we definitely realized this was going to be a real thing, but it wasn't until much later in the summer that we realized how real this was. That's right. So, I I mean, we've all, we lived through this, you all lived through this, we don't really need to rehash all the details, but it is kind of crazy to be one year out, not only from, as everyone has been saying, from the start of the pandemic, but for us personally, the day that we would have started this project and that we had planned for so long to be the day. That's right. So this week, we did a little bit of a switcheroo for our walks. We ended up taking our Loose Ends Manhattan Walk, which was going to be our last walk in the month of March. And we moved it up so that it would correspond with the last week of the season of winter. Right. And so uh, that entailed, as far as a route, walking through a big chunk of Midtown, going uh, down the streets of the 40s, because we hadn't gone down the streets. We'd gone up the avenues, but we Mm -hmm. hadn't gone down the streets. And then also a big chunk of avenues on the Upper East Side between 59th and 110th, basically paralleling Central Park. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna have a little bit of footage uh, that you'll see. Uh, we thought it would be fun because this week also happened to be St. Patrick's Day right. week. On Wednesday. On Wednesday. And St. Patrick's Day is typically a big day in New York City. Last year, of course, it was totally shut down. Mm-hmm. This year, uh, somewhere in between, I guess you could say. And I had mentioned to Jesse, I didn't really realize how many Irish bars there are in Midtown? Yeah. I, I mean, I knew that there were Irish bars in Midtown because when you look for a bar in Midtown, that's all that shows up. But like, I I guess I'd always just thought I was going to the same one because they all kind of look the same. Yeah. But there are a lot of Irish pubs in Midtown. Yeah, when you take a walk along every street from 41st to 49th, you realize that all those Irish bars are different. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we kept walking by them and I would think, oh, I feel like maybe I've been there once. And then I'd see another one. Have I been there once? Or have I been there? And like, I don't think I've been to all of those Irish bars. I've definitely been to at least one of them. Yeah. Maybe like five of them. Yeah. 
but I don't really know. They're all basically the same. Yeah. So you'll be seeing them throughout the episode. It didn't really seem like there was a lot of activity. I mean, it didn't seem there wasn't a lot of activity until we got towards the end of the walking day, mm -hmm. which would suggest to me that at night they were at least experiencing some activity. But with the city right now, you're not allowed to have anybody standing in these establishments or on the outside areas that they've set up. So there's really a limit to how much people could actually gather. Although I did see some, like by the end of the day especially, yeah. there was some, and I guess you'll all see that too. Yeah. Uh, there was a little bit of people like breaking the rules as far as that goes, just like there's two people seated at the table and then two people standing to the side. But it wasn't create there wasn't any sort of like massive crowding or anything yeah. crazy like that yeah and in addition to that because we were in the 40s if you check out our 360 video for this week you'll see a number of different theaters from the theater district mm -hmm. so it's i think an interesting thing to be capturing right now because the theaters are still all plays and musicals from a year ago. Right. Nothing has changed. So I don't know if these productions are going to come back whenever we do have theater again, but it is a moment in time, in, even more so than normal. You know, uh, if you think about footage that's been captured at any point in New York City's history and you go by Broadway, you'll, you'll get little snippets that are really interesting because not all the productions that you'll be seeing are things that are going to last the test of time. Right. You know, there is a Phantom of the Opera in there, or, you know, stuff like that. But some of the other ones are not, you know, going to be like there's a Matthew Broderick, Sarah Jessica Parker one, which I'm sure is great. Yeah. But I don't know if it exactly holds up to the Les Mis level of, uh, you know, notoriety. I, I can picture that going for centuries. Sure. Yeah. They'll have uh, they'll have like re in real life deep fake. Yeah for both of them 200 years from now. But anyway, if that's something that you're interested in, check out our 360 video, you can see that. And uh, yeah, we had this opportunity here. We don't have a guest this week. And I think something that we talk about a lot is the idea of to what degree we're actually talking about our project on the podcast, mm -hmm. particularly since we've switched sometime around November, from doing surveys of the neighborhoods we're walking around generally to transitioning to themes. Mm -hmm. And so with this being a milestone, uh, you know, week, the change of the seasons, we've also walked over 5,000 miles now which is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. We'll get to the mileage report next week, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a mileage 39. report forthcoming, but it, I do definitely yeah, want to note that we have gone over 5,000 miles. So, yeah, we don't typically have a lot of discussion these days about what we're actually doing on the walk, partially because it's become just a part of our routine, mm -hmm. which is interesting. We were on the Urbanists channel last week when we were doing bagel reviews. I don't know how many of you are from the Urbanist channel. Thank you for uh, tuning in. We appreciate it. But we were speaking with Ariel, host of the Urbanist shows, uh, after doing our bagel reviews video. And, and he was saying to us, you know, 
it'd be really great if you could play up the drama of what you're doing. You know, <laughs> like you have the you have the uh, idea, the gimmick, you know, the, the 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 thing that would pull people in doing all these marathon walks. And uh, it would be good to really play up that what you're doing because it is significant. And I think that it is uh, one, not necessarily how we've been structuring the podcast, mm -hmm. but two, uh, kind of difficult to conceptualize the idea of playing up the drama because it almost seems like playing up the drama would make it harder to do what we're doing. Like it, it almost has to be a little more blasé about how we're going about our business because to keep up the level of drama every day walking a marathon would be more energy consuming, you know? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess probably for us in particular, just in as two individuals who like maybe don't typically just do that. Right. Like, like maybe if we were more engaged in with some sort of community where we could where that made sense i could see that but i don't we don't currently have that happening no. right like maybe if we were posting on a twitter or on a instagram all day or something and yeah, had a, a role of like okay we're at mile 10 let's see how we do like let's right. check in again in five miles i think that would be really fun yeah um, but because that's not part of our routine, thinking about adding that feels like a extra. Thing. I think if we had a team of people helping us, it'd be yeah. easier to play the role of yeah. doing it dramatically. But right now, right. It's, or if we not... had a big boombox that we could play dra dramatic music from. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, we're gonna record this, and then I'm gonna spend the weekend editing this, and. And I just can't handle that level of drama of like five marathons and then yeah. editing it. it would just be too much. But we could try it right now. We've made it this far. Five thousand miles. How far are they going to go? They've said that they could make it seven thousand miles by the end of the year. I think I'm at my breaking point. We've met Mike. We've met Jesse. They've been walking for nine months. 195 walks. They have three more months to go. Will they make it? Find out next week and the week after that and the week after <laughs> that until June 20th. <laughs> well, you know, if that, that works, good. if that worked, find was out. That Let us know in the comments. Will below you put if that some, worked. like, um, in post, will you put some of that good game show music? Like, like the whammy, like, like any. <laughs> Any sort, any sort of dramatic game show music? Well, you've given me a job, so oh. thank you. This is the real drama. This Will is... he do it? Will he add music? Will he spend the hours looking for the perfect music to add? No, but for real, that uh, it is a little dramatic. Right. We have three more months to go. What's dramatic are these heat pipes. Those are the dramatic that's things. Also the, that's the dramatic music that yeah. you've added post. <laughs> that's the game show music I was talking about. That's right. <laughs> um, it, it, is, it is dramatic. We have three more months to go. We have a quarter of our yeah. project left. Yeah. I think we're going to make it. I would, I'd like to think so. Yeah. But that's part of it, too. I don't, you don't want to get too high or too low here. Because there's still... Anything 2,000 miles that we're planning on walking. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Yeah.
that's the real drama is the unknown. Well, sure, yeah. Anyway, the idea here for this week is that we get an opportunity to do a little recap on what we've been doing. Yeah. So we have two ideas in mind. The first one is something that we haven't talked about a lot at all since the very start of this project, and that is our project pillars. Oh, that's right. And the project pillars are things that we thought about, kind of four capstone words that we thought of that if any one aspect of the project that either we started with or we added on to since we've started did not fulfill at least two of these four pillars, it would allow us the opportunity to not take those things on because it doesn't fit the parameters of what we're looking to do. Right. So Jesse has it pulled up on I her do. phone now, and we're going to read them off for you. Okay, so the it's, acronym is PCCC. That's right, PCCC. And should we, I mean, let's list the PCCC first, and then let's describe it. So it's yes. physicality is the P. Yep. Companionship, yep. communication, and clarity. That's right. So that's PCCC. Mm -hmm. Physicality, under there, our bullet points are a physically exceptional act that utilizes our current life circumstances. Yes, which, of course, is the marathons. Five I, marathons a week for 39 weeks now. That's the marathons. I agree. Yes. I'm not sure what our current life circumstances that are being utilized are. I think we meant, like, that we're healthy, able to do this able to afford it, Yes. living in New York where we want to do this project. At the, at Those the are time, the At the time that we thought of the idea, it meant saving up money and right. making the space in our calendars to do this right. for a year. And this was before COVID That's that right. we wrote that. But I still think that- It's even more relevant. It honestly is kind of more relevant. Yeah. yeah. Um, because we don't have any social things to do. We don't have any- other places to go. We're not going on vacations. We're not going any, you know, like yeah. even more relevant. And okay. Jesse has said even as early, as late as this week, when reflecting on some of the choices that people in our immediate group of, uh, you know, community, yeah. as well as the larger world, the decisions that have been made, thinking about how maybe some people's problems would have been lessened or removed entirely if they had just spent more time walking outside. Yeah. No, I think I said, uh, I wish everyone knew to walk. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or could take the time or would take the time. Because, yeah. yeah, I think there's something, especially during this time, I mean, I'm not by any means going to say that I'm like the epitome of a stress-free person or anything, but... <laughs> definitely experiencing less stress right. and less emotional pain and anguish from doing this walk than I think I would be not doing this. Yeah. And even just on the days when we're out walking. Yeah. Anyway, so moving on. Yeah. The next one under physicality. Mm -hmm. By the way, you can check these out. I'm sure I probably already flashed the graphic for this chart, but you can right. check them out on our website as well. Right, that's where I'm reading it from. Yeah. It's on the About page, mm -hmm. or About tab. 
Um, so the next one is an exploration of our body's potential. Yeah. I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Also the walking. Yeah. A deepened understanding of our body's communications. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I mean, yes. How so? I would say that we have had the opportunity to watch our bodies go from struggling with this process to accepting it and then finding out that the uh, body can actually normalize even really extreme things like this. Yeah, I think also it's really related to what you just said, but something like the levels of pain or discomfort that I might be experiencing throughout the day. Like mm -hmm. one level of pain is just kind of my body being like, I'm a little tired. And like, maybe that means I need to get a drink of water. or Maybe that means I need a granola bar or like, maybe I just need to ignore it and it'll go away. But there's like sort of this like easy thing and then there's a different level of pain that means that I might need to stop and stretch or like sit down for a second. Um, and then there's another level of pain that I don't think I felt <laughs> and I hope we don't feel, but probably that would communicate like there's a real problem here. Yeah. So I think just even that, like recognizing that my body's telling me something and that it's not all like, oh, I have to stop and I'm, I'm, my foot hurts. But it right. might just be that maybe I'm tired in another way. Maybe I need something to eat. Yeah. So the next uh, bullet point under physicality is routine performance of the act. We're definitely doing that. Yes. <laughs> yes, we've accomplished that so far. Yeah. That's pretty obvious also. Um, a prioritization of long-term body health. Yes. I mean, there hasn't been any time where we've tried to walk through something that seemed like it would be detrimental long term. No, that's true. I also, I mean, we don't know, like neither of us are doctors or anything, so we don't know if necessarily, and, and neither of us are doctors or like able to see the future down different options so it's unclear like is walking this much the very best thing for our long-term health maybe they say that walking is really good for you for like your mind and your body and for staying limber and for staying keeping your heart pumping and like all these things it is really good for you is walking this much the best thing for your long-term health i don't know yeah but it's definitely not like we're not in any sort of pain. We don't have any broken legs that we're pushing through, so. Yeah, this isn't any long-term health comment, but we did this week go in to get uh, hepatitis A vaccine. Oh, not we did. Not the actual vaccine. Well, it was the actual hepatitis A vaccine, but it wasn't the coveted right. COVID vaccine. Yes. And so this we're was not eligible for that. Yet. That's right. This was my six month uh, booster. This is my second part two of the Hep A vaccine, which is recommended to us by we, we share a doctor, Dr. Shelley. She. Yeah. 
And Highly so, recommend it if you can get right. in there. So we had gone in August, which was a month, you know, somewhere between like six and eight weeks into the project. Yeah. And I had gotten the physical done at the same time. And so I inquired about what my weight was because it's now been six months of walking. And so my weight has changed eight pounds. So I've gone down eight pounds during that time. Yeah. So uh, again, not really a long-term health thing necessarily, but I think people might be curious what it's like if you're walking 131 miles a week and eating at least three bagels a week, <laughs> how that all balances out. And yeah. it turns out it's, it's, uh, it's minus eight pounds. Well, I also think just because I think that some people watching are going to be like, Mike, you've lost weight. You were already so skinny to begin with. Are you okay? And like, first of all, please don't comment that. Like, it's going to be, we're both just going to be like, oh, I'm fine. But it's all but in my also, calves now. You do have really strong calves. But I think just from like seeing you, you're not like it doesn't seem like you've lost weight in any sort of like bad way. It no. seems like maybe you've just lost whatever as sort of little bits of excess there was. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was just interesting to share. It's and interesting. also I wonder I mean, I kinda wish that I had gone the first week. Because I wonder like eight weeks of walking probably shed off whatever like the most lowest hanging fruit was and that's it's also a good point. We, yeah there, there I, probably was some yeah and that's three months of like the hard quarantine too yeah that would have been hard, you know yeah at play it would have been what at play yeah i mean that would have been march 20th to june 20th or something right. when we started the project which was the most like sedentary that we right. would have been that's a good point yeah yeah, yeah. well anyway. you didn't yeah so anyway, go on with the physicality. Well, that was more? the last one of physicality. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would say that all of the boxes have been checked with respect to that. I mean, I don't yeah. know if there's really any other physical act we've taken on during this project duration. Like, it's been mostly the walking, obviously. I think it's just been the walking. I will, this is not, we'll get back to this in a second, but... um. I also just want to say that you visited a physical therapist before starting this. That's correct. Who, just in speaking of long-term body health, he did, like, sign off on this. He did. Yeah. No, he was very uh, supportive. Yeah. Insofar as, I mean, I'd only met him once, and he was like, yeah, that's possible. And <laughs> I, was, I was a little concerned when I met with him that he was going to be like, oh, don't don't do that. Yeah. That's a bad idea. Yeah. But he was, he had no. No, he was like, this is fine. Yeah. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, you know, and like wear supportive shoes kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Which he also, have. he also, when I met with him, said that he would be interested in being on the podcast. So maybe one day. Oh. Maybe one day we'll have him on. Yeah, we should talk to him. Yeah. Um, but you asked one other question and then I said that. I, I don't, I was just wondering if that was the last physicality. That was the last yeah. physicality. So, yes. yeah. Go on. Okay, so moving on to companionship. Companionship. Aww. This is Jesse's favorite. Maybe. Um, number one, utilizing our current life circumstances of intentioned interaction. Of intentioned interaction? That's interesting. Yeah. Utilizing our current life circumstances of intentioned interaction. It almost seems like it should be for intentioned interaction. What were the us from a, a year ago thinking? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. 
utilizing our current likes <laughs> utilizing our current life circumstances of intentioned interaction. I mean it works that way too. It just four seems clearer. Anyway, it doesn't really matter here or there. I feel like we are spending a lot of time interacting with intention. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I think between just the two of us, but also with other people. And I do think that, again, this was written pre-COVID. Yeah. But I think that for this particular note, intentioned interaction is like such a COVID thing. You know, like you aren't, there's not very much just randomly running into someone Although that has happened a bit. Yeah, occasionally. Which is always funny, especially now. But, you know, before there was plenty of unintentional interaction or interaction that didn't have any sort of real intention where you're just hanging out, yeah. going to meet up with a big group of people or something and, like, you don't really have a point. Whereas now, yeah, meeting up with someone is, like, a very special thing to be doing. Yeah, it's definitely one of those ironic uh, things from the pillars that we didn't know was yeah. going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, it's, yeah, just interesting that that was something that we had thought about, but yeah, just didn't realize how Well, it was also going to be a part of the events that we, you know, didn't right. end up really doing because we can't. And also part of interacting with podcast guests. Yeah, which has been great. Yeah. That's also been a really nice thing, you know, knowing that a lot of people during this time haven't been able to see people. And we haven't seen that many people, but like socially. But when we have someone on the podcast, it's like a chance. If it's someone we already know, it's a chance to sort of catch up, but also to ask questions and talk about things that maybe we wouldn't talk about if we were just like hanging out. Yeah. I mean, we've been very fortunate that we were doing this podcast as well because it allowed us to have the types of interactions that a lot of people haven't been as fortunate to have because their main experiences right now are working from home yeah. and working with the same people that they work with or yeah. just seeing the same people that they see all the time. Right. And and thinking that and a lot of things, you know, have happened, had to happen outside, which obviously we've done, but probably thinking like, oh, I don't know if I want to meet up with this person that I don't know all so well to like sit in the park in 25 degrees, yeah. which normally I probably wouldn't have done that either, but. Right. And because that was our only option, and that's fun. It ended up being really, like, fun and yeah. a funny way to interact. And then even if you have had a job right now that involved interacting with people, it's probably a good chance that those interactions were essential mm, insofar mm -hmm. as you were not getting the opportunity to really engage in deep discussion or learn about that person. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I feel very lucky about that one. Yeah. Yeah. So next, um, unless you have anything else to no. say about it. Okay maximizing this is funny this is like after what we just talked about maximizing physical proximity for shared understanding potential 
Well, Unless that, that is... means maximizing physical proximity, like <laughs> maximizing the distance. <laughs> well, that that is in specifically about us. Just the two of and us, I, and yeah, that's allowed. And I think that a lot of the ones that we're probably about to read are geared towards our Just personal us. companionship. Yeah, I but think But of you're course, right. the word can apply broader depending on how we, I guess, feel about it right now. You know. Yeah. Well, then in that case, we've it has also been accelerated due to COVID. <laughs> yeah. That our physical proximity has been maximized. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, for shared understanding potential. For shared understanding potential. Yeah. That was the idea that we'd spend a lot more time together and understand how each other thinks and acts and, yeah, utilize that information to become to feedback loop to have it be closer i think that's what happened a bit yeah i mean i'm i don't fully understand you nor do i ever expect to but i think um yeah just spending so many long days together physically exerting ourselves and being out in the world i think like there's even more funny little phrases and like ways of speaking and noticing the little differences. Yeah. Well, I think maybe one difference I would think of for how we set it up there or what I guess I personally envision versus what sure. the reality has been is these these points were identified, come up with in the context of these long distance walking trips we had done. Walking the length of Vermont, walking from San Diego to Los Angeles, walking from the Pacific Coast to Olympia, Washington. And in all of these instances, it comes under the context of vacation time and mm. taking a break from what our normal lives were. And I don't know to what degree I personally anticipated any of that would carry over or not. But I do think that whatever percentage I thought would carry over was less than what actually did carry over because, does that make sense? So like, oh, okay, yeah, I think so. So you thought that maybe not very much would carry over. No, I think I thought more would carry over in the general disposition of how we handled things and actually did carry over. Oh, okay. That's so, which is to say that, uh, you know, maximizing shared understanding. Is that how we phrased it there? Maximizing physical proximity for shared understanding yeah, for shared potential. Un yeah, shared understanding potential. For me, kind of, I would have thought would have manifested in the context of like vacation time mm. spent together, which is like exploration and wonder and fun and uh, that is certainly a part of what we are doing. But particularly as we've now gone further into the project on our revisiting areas, like this, actually this is a great example. This week, we ended up finding a spot that we hadn't previously. We found a dead end spot around Sutton Place based on Jesse's insistence to go down there. <laughs> and it was, it overlooked the, uh, 
Queensboro. Queensboro Bridge. And it's just a little park. It's like a terrace park. Yeah. And it was really cool. We come go back again sometime. And there was definitely like that shared sense of wonder that uh, that accompanied that. But most of the time, it is us walking on paths that we have already gone through in some respect. And we're noticing differences, perhaps. But we're not. it's not an exploration level. It is a more day-to-day level. And so the maximized shared potential or shared understanding in this instance is more like a day-to-day shared understanding and not like an exploration shared understanding. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Um... Which leads to like fights on the street openly, which is fun. It's not new. It's not. But that wouldn't (laughs) happen on the like vacations really in the same way. I mean, we definitely fought on the vacations, but not in the same way that we fought on the streets of New York at this point. Yeah, but also, like, I feel like the day-to-day, like, fight-type thing that would happen now also is often resolved a lot quicker. Or, like... Or, and or, Mm -hmm. it's like maybe we're kind of mad about it all day or something, but we're also like in the middle, we're like, wait, hold on, look at that, that's cool. Like, like we can get back to this. Right? Do you agree with that or no? Yeah, sure. I I mean, I... Which I do feel like is like, there is a shared understanding that like, this fight is ultimately silly and we're also like, because we're taught it's like a lot of times also about some like insane like detail that Mm -hmm. we just wouldn't have even gotten to if we were spending like the normal amount of time with each other where we're like yeah i agree with that yeah totally 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 what what did you what did you say like (laughs) tomatoes are a fruit right (laughs) or like well that um (laughs) excuse me (laughs) no but like yeah like you're calling that mint green? <laughs> um, whereas normally maybe we would have had that conversation and just thought that we completely agreed on some point that someone was one of us was making because we wouldn't have gone into it so granularly. Mm. But because we're spending so much time together and just have 10 hours to just chit chat, like either one of us at any point can just be talking for 45 minutes about something and you're like yeah totally totally we spent two hours today dissecting coming to america the sequel (laughs) coming to america i can tell you yeah the review of that movie is it is not worth talking about for two hours (laughs) but we (laughs) managed to do it i don't think the movie itself was even two hours. no no we talked about the movie longer than the movie was yeah but that gives you an idea for the level of granularity we have in these conversations. <laughs> right. So, I, yeah. So, I think all of that fits under this maximizing physical proximity for shared understanding potential. Sure. Next? Let's, yeah, let's hear it. Combining concerted effort for a mutual goal. Yeah. yeah. We were just fighting about this today. Yeah, we were a little bit. That's why I'm silent. <laughs> uh, the bottom line is, and by, I, it's it's less about uh, sharing whatever the fights are. I'd certainly be happy to, but I don't want to derail the podcast too yeah. much. 
the bottom line is, uh, yeah, we are trying to figure out what the uh, elements of sharing responsibilities on the projects are or are not. You know, the the podcast, what responsibilities are whose? The social media, what responsibilities are whose? The the walking aspect, what responsibilities are whose? Yeah. I, I hope that's right because I said it three times. You did say it three times. Um, if it's not right before, it's right now. Yeah. And uh, also with Jesse running her dye studio, how that, how the needs of that uh, come into conversation with the project. Right. And how much like that is something that takes my energy. And then how much of that energy is able to be taken, you know, like, like how much is it my responsibility to also be saving enough energy for this project? Yeah. And not completely letting myself get drained on it over there. Yeah. So combining concerted effort for a mutual goal. Yeah, I mean, I think... Even with all of that, you know, we, what you just talked about, it definitely is still combined effort. And I guess what we're learning about how things have been going so far is that it sort of vacillates, is that the right word? Mm. Up and down? Or is it oscillates? Yeah. Either one. It um it moves depending on the week, month, season. Yeah. And how much energy I have and how much energy you have. It sort of shifts back and forth, I think. So I think we're still I think we have been combining concerted effort this whole time. We have the mutual goal, but there've been sometimes when it's like the combined effort is coming more from you or more from me. Mm -hmm. But we're still like giving basically everything we have mm -hmm. in energy yeah. towards that goal. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Next? Next. Okay. Um, is this companionship still? Yeah, there's two more. Okay. Sharing needs, aligning needs. There's a comma there. Sharing needs, comma, aligning needs. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I think that's happening. I think, we, I mean, I think that actually relates a lot to what we just talked about, too, because especially the last month or so, when I had been super busy with my other work, there was a sharing of needs mm -hmm. from both of us. I had things that I needed you to help me with and I had things that I needed to do that were not related to this job this this project that were related to my job and I shared those with you and you aligned yourself <laughs> to help me mm -hmm. and then there were times when you felt like I wasn't giving enough energy to what we were doing and you shared that with me and mm -hmm. then I realigned mm -hmm. to try and meet that right so anything else to say about that no 
I agree. I don't think we've failed to meet that sub goal. Yeah. It's interesting because I think when we wrote it and when you read that sharing needs, aligning needs, like it sounds kind of simple. It's like, okay, so you're going to like share what you need and then you're going to like make it happen. Yeah. But I think in practice, well, I think with practice, it gets easier, but I think in practice, it is not super simple. Yeah. Even being aware of what it is that you need and then being able to vocalize that. Yeah. And then being the receiving person and being able to hear that without freaking out. Yeah. And like align. Yeah. But well, yeah. That's why it's written down. That's why it's written down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next one is celebrating disparate experience in a parallel commitment. Yeah. I just thought that was a fun one as far as writing it down. Like it's fun in language. It's fun in language, but it's also yeah. kind of a, I think, an important concept to think about as far as just making note of it. The mm -hmm. idea that, I mean, for instance, the bagel reviews, right? Like uh, that was not an anticipated thing, uh, but it has been a thing that seemed that people were interested in. So I continued to do it. And it is largely a disparate experience from what your experience is, except when we get gluten-free bagels for you to eat. Yeah. But uh, the idea is that it is uh, uh, shared. We can find a way to have it be a shared experience, even though it is largely my experience. Well, I also think um, maybe when you first started doing them, it felt more or less like a shared experience, but the more you've been doing it and you've like created this bagel man persona and like language around it, mm -hmm. the more I'm able to understand it. And it's almost like when sometimes you explain to me like what something smells like mm -hmm. and I have like the memory for thing and like I can imagine, yeah. like even if I'm not able to eat the bagel, you're describing it in this way that's like, I don't need to eat the bagel. Like I'm still eating the bagel yeah. by hearing you talk about it. Yeah. And it's like become not even a bagel anymore. It's just like some object that needs to be evaluated. Right. right. <laughs> sure. And then disparate experience could also mean our different experiences of the same activity. Like, yeah, that's true. I don't know if sure, of course. I don't know if I necessarily have an example for the way that we experience the walking differently, but that would be something that, you know, we could celebrate the different experiences we have about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I know that either. I mean, that makes me feel like we should probably study that a little bit. Or we could. I don't know if we have to or should, but yeah. <laughs> That could be a fun thing to study, though, like because I don't know how you experience the walking. Right. I mean, yeah, I think we probably have an estimation for how we each experience the walking. But if we spent more time thinking about it, there probably would be differences that would emerge. Yeah. Similarly, for how we experience people interfacing with our clothing. It's oh, probably yeah. another thing where there might be some um, some fine differences that could be worth mm. exploring at some point. 
But that sounds like the type of thing that maybe when the project is over, we will again revisit these pillars and then yeah. do another audit. You know, the, in a lot of ways, what we're doing right now at this project is actually the middle of the project. And when we get to the last day of walking, there's a whole new, whole new circling back on this stuff, including yeah. watching every one of these podcasts and reevaluating what that's like. That's going to be my job, that as you can see <laughs> from her face. Don't worry. I'm on it. That's a disparate experience. Yeah, that's a very disparate experience. All right. Is that the last one? That was the last Great. one for um, companionship. Let's move on to uh, communication. Communication. Expression of experience in a benevolent manner. Yes, that is. You're confused by that. I remember what it means. Please. It is. <laughs> it kind of taps into how we were thinking about doing social media stuff and how we're thinking oh, about yeah. doing what we're doing right now, the podcast, the idea of if we're going to communicate anything, we try and do so in a manner that is positive and contributes to the world rather than uh, further muddies the experience that we're all having. Yeah. I feel I feel like, I mean, in, a, in addition to or just like to clarify positive too, I don't think like not like fake like if it's if something wasn't good like we will say it's not good i mean you know but like genuine and honest yeah and like yeah not trying to be a jerk yeah yeah and i think we've done that so far there may be things where we've unknowingly contributed negativity sure but by the virtue of that definition we haven't known it yeah yeah so yeah yeah i think yeah i think we've done a pretty good job of trying to be like that yeah <laughs> um next is expression with meaning and principle mm -hmm. that seems similar benevolent versus meaning and principle yeah i mean one is be positive and two is have uh, either a message or a purpose. Yeah, so, or kind. I don't know why I'm having a hard time with the word positive right now. I don't know. But I feel like, yeah, some, but I'm sure how you mean it is how I'm thinking it. What I just feel it? like positive can sometimes be like fake. Like I'm not, if I'm not, if something wasn't a good experience, I feel like we've communicated that, you know, like. Mm -hmm. I'd like to communicate that, but also not in a way that's like mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Kind I don't know if I can think of another word other like, than positive right now. But it, the idea is with constructive energy and with intention are the, yeah. those first two points. And right. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if those were necessarily things that we wouldn't have done otherwise, but part of writing them down is just to be able to check in on them. Yeah. Um, intentional openness in encountered dialogue. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so too. I think that 
I mean, this is one where COVID wasn't around when we made them. So the encounters that we've had with people are just very different. Between the fact that the number of encounters may have declined, A, because of COVID, and B, because the walk takes a significant amount of time every day, maybe even more time than we anticipated, even though it's less hours maybe overall, but the motivation to get home is stronger than it might have been if we were just doing vacation walking. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, there's also the idea that the quality of the interactions that we have is altered inherently by the fact that we're all wearing masks and there's a pandemic happening right now. Right. So even with those two things in mind, I think that we've tried to maintain that ideal. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of like specific examples and the only things I can think of right now are just interactions with people on the street that normally maybe, and honestly, like I forgot that we wrote this. I think it kind of comes naturally with just what we're doing, but also maybe because we wrote it, it was like in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. But, you know, people that have like come up and started walking alongside of us a handful of times. Yeah. And like typical, like the kind of like, you know, there was one time when forget what we were talking about, but someone like came up next to us and was like just joined in the conversation and was clearly like not quite like with it, you know, and we just were like, okay, you want to talk to it? Like, (laughs) sure. And like it wasn't particularly pleasant, but it also wasn't like threatening and whatever, like we weren't going to like, we didn't make a new friend, but like, and I think he trailed off after he like was a couple sentences and then he stopped and turned around but like well i don't know if this is the same interaction we're thinking of or not but there was an instance where that happened and we tried to engage him in the conversation that he was inserting himself into and he kind of engaged the conversation but then was immediately looking for money from us and those are like the hardest versions Mm. of that because it's like okay well you're not really looking to be in the moment with us right now. You're almost kind of, I mean, it almost feels like mocking in a way because you're, we're having a, a, a real meaningful conversation here and you're only engaging it in so far as you're parroting words back to me so that you can use that as an opportunity to then ask me for something. Yeah, but I think there's something, I don't know. I mean, I understand. Yeah, I think it was frustrating to you and I think that's why I said like, it wasn't a particularly pleasant conversation, but I think something about just being like, if you want to talk with us, you could like, it's almost yeah, like, yeah. like I'm not, I'm not being naive, but I'm also not being jaded. Yeah. And so my sort of the jaded Jesse <laughs> would have just been like, okay, dude, like, leave us alone, like, or, like, walked faster or, like, moved to the side or, you know, something, like, just not nice. And then, like, 
not only is he not going to get the money from me, but he's also not going to be treated like a human. Yeah. And like, even though, yeah, he was probably mocking us, like, I don't, that's fine. Whatever he thinks of us or acts towards us is that's all in his own head. Like, I don't need to take that on. Yeah. And so to just engage him in what he's get like, that's me projecting and reading into him to think that he's mocking. Like, I don't need to even acknowledge that part of it. I can just pretend like he's not mocking me and like he's actually just trying to talk with us. Yeah, yeah. And then when he's asking for money, like, no. Like, that's also perfectly fine. Like, I don't have to give anyone money. There's no, that's not part, like... I'm open to dialogue. I'm open to talking with someone. If they want to ask for advice, I'll give them advice. If they want to, like, keep walking with us for a while, like, that's fine. Um, If at some point I happen to be taking out a granola bar for myself and I have an extra, like, maybe I'll share that if he's been walking with us for an hour. But, like, (laughs) it doesn't... Something about, like, treating someone as a human actually makes me feel fine about then declining when they're asking you know or sometimes we've obviously given people things but like I feel like giving someone the respect of humanity yeah. is way better than giving someone like it's a the dollar. opportunity yeah the opportunity to actually engage in the moment I mean the disappointing thing is just that it ends in that interaction not that it mm. like the the interaction itself isn't the problem. Like, I'm happy or willing to entertain the idea that this might actually turn into some type of, like, further exchange. But then when it comes down to the point of, like, okay, well, now I'm looking for some from, I'm looking from for something. <laughs> I'm looking to get something from you. That's when it's, like, okay, well, this is disappointing, but I, at least, like, I did engage this and a good faith level for a while. Yeah. Well, maybe I wonder if I'm still a little bit on the jaded side of things then because I don't ever, I don't really feel disappointed. Like, because I don't have any expectations. I think I'm, I must still be on the jaded side a little bit because I'm like, all right, I'll talk to you. Like, but it's very much like, I'm going to be super nice to you. I'm going to be like completely open to talk to you about whatever it is you're trying to talk to me about. But I'm also like, this is ultimately going to end only as a small, like, entertaining story for me. Like, I don't see this being, like, some sort of, like, major change Mm -hmm. in who I perceive this person to be. Like, it's also not someone I know or, like, someone that I need to know. Well, it was a similar encounter this week without Jesse Mm -hmm. where I was walking down the street and a man saw this hat that I was wearing and he said, I like your hat. I was like, thanks. And I kept walking. And then 10 to 15 seconds later, he was already a half a block away and he came running down towards me and shouting, you know what that reminds me of? You know what that reminds me of? And then he was walking alongside me and, and I said, and he said, you know what that reminds me of? I was like, what? And he was like a hailstorm a hailstorm that we had back in the summer. And I was like, oh, okay, what about it reminds you of the hailstorm? And he said, oh, the hailstorm uh, a couple uh, back in the summer. And I was like, oh, okay. 
And he was like, I, it was up on 71st. I was, I was on 71st when it happened. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't remember that. But my girlfriend and I have been walking marathons all year. So I may have been outside during it. And uh, I made this hat. Well, you know, my girlfriend made this hat. We've made it together. And he got very excited about it. And then I handed him a sticker. And then he, we, we elbow bumped, you know, like COVID bumped. But it was like this very like kind of an intimate elbow bump. Like he kind of like really leaned in. Like there was a lot of meat, a lot of forearm meat Aww. on this elbow bump. Uh, but he seemed very happy about the whole exchange and walked away. Yeah. He wasn't looking for money. I don't know if I would have given him money at the time. I, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with asking for money. It really just kind of depends on the circumstance whether or not yeah. you're going to give money or not. But the idea was that like the exchange was actually meaningful in the moment. Like It wasn't like he was looking for anything more other than to communicate to another human being that this particular instance reminded him of some other instance he had and that sentiment was heard yeah. by me. And I think, I mean, I think honestly that's part of why, like that, being able to have that experience makes all those other experiences that are like, could be potentially disappointing, not disappointing because it's really just like practice for something that like, like that is so nice. Yep. And if you weren't sort of going around being like willing to just engage whoever's engaging you in like a kind and friendly and honest human way, then you never would have had that nice experience. Yeah. And one thing I would say before we move on to the next one is that I think that by doing this enough, you can see how the potential of what we're doing with respect to this specific thing is like so much bigger than what we're doing right now, where like if we were just roaming the city all day with no actual mileage in mind, the level of interaction that you could have on the street would be mm -hmm. like 10 times greater because you could like actually be looking at people and like trying to engage them rather than just like having it happen like meteor style, like just like randomly hitting you, you know? And yeah. So I think that's kind of interesting. I don't know if that means that like at some point in our lives, we would be seeking that out more, but it it is cool to know that those experiences are like way more readily available on the streets than, I don't know, maybe you would expect that it was possible, but like it is, it's even easier than you might think to like have those types of experiences. I agree with you. <laughs> I also just think it's something, it is also just related to the idea of it, there being like a practice. Like I think it's, I think it's something that translates into um, just like all human interaction as well. Mm -hmm. Sure. All right, what's the next one? Okay, next. Um, facilitating conversations around the project's context and beyond. Sure. I think that we've done a reasonably good job at this. I think this is one that kind of relates, relates to the general idea of outreach. And mm -hmm. in that respect, I feel like I would always 
I could always do better. We could always do better. We saw Andrew Yang this week. Oh, we did. On 11th Avenue and 45th Street or something yeah. like that. He yeah, was, yeah, that sounds right. He was out sitting on a bench with uh, three people yeah. around, like a like a, a lunch table bench. Like one of the... Like a picnic table. Yeah, one of yeah. the outdoor uh, dining spots. And there were two people with mm-hmm. laptops and then a third person. It was unclear if they were his staff or he was being interviewed. Yeah. And so we saw him and it was like, oh, there's Andrew Yang. <laughs> he, had a, he had a Yang mask on. Yeah, it was hard to miss him. And uh, <laughs> so we saw him and we were like, well, we have to say something. And so, you know, I said like, uh, uh, hey, good luck on the race. And yeah. he like kind of got up from his, like, I think he, he stood up. Oh, really? But I only, he just looked. I think he stood up only to just say, thank you very much. Like a oh. kind of, like, I'm like going to, to acknowledge. acknowledge it in yeah. a way that was polite. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, we did that. And what I really wanted to do was be able to have time to, to tell him about our project. Right. Because I think it's relevant uh, to what he's doing in some ways. And I'd be interested to see how that would manifest, but didn't really feel like the appropriate time. No, it didn't. And, you know, I mean, depending on where you are mentally, any time is the appropriate time, but I certainly wasn't there mentally to be able to like somehow spin my way into whatever thing he was doing. And not only that, but like make it enticing enough what we were doing that he wouldn't kind of be like, why are you in my space right now? Yeah, well, it's not, it's, it's about being prepared mentally, but also like just recognizing like typical rules of etiquette. Like he was in the middle of a meeting. Like it, it just wasn't, there's no way that that would be like polite. Like it might've, you might've been able to spin it to a place where then like they would end up feeling like that was so fun. We must've asked them to be here. I'm glad we like paid for that tour. Like you're like such a great actor or something. But yeah, I also just think sometimes it's just not. So there's that degree (laughs) of handling this specific point. And then there's the, when you are given the opportunity naturally to have these types of conversations to what degree are you you know communicating the project parameters yeah well it's also it's not the project's parameters it's the project's context Mm -hmm. it's facilitating conversations around the project's context and beyond Mm -hmm. so that's not just telling people what we're doing that's also talking with people about things that we're learning during this time or things that we've seen or like like it's not specifically just saying like I'm walking 26.2 miles around New York City but also saying like oh I've been walking a lot and it's helped me in these ways or I've seen all these things or like yeah how do, what do you feel about these things like right, right. yeah I yeah. think yeah so do you think we're doing a good job I think we are I think the and beyond maybe as we like get through the next three months I think we can probably just continue to do it Mm -hmm. but yeah I think I think especially with the outreach I think specifically um I think specifically with people that we're meeting along the way and making a point to learn about things and share what we're doing with people that are 
also doing things that sort of are related in some way or another that mm -hmm. we're also like inspired by. Mm -hmm. I think we're doing a good job about that. I don't know if necessarily like conversations with like people we already know going into this. I don't know if I can judge that, you know, like casual conversations when a friend like asks how the, how it's going kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know that I've that I have a sort of template for facilitating like the um the parts of this project that I would like to share with a lot of our friends like I think I'm still probably in the processing phase mm -hmm. of everything we're doing so yeah I'd say I'd, I'd give it a higher score with like new people that we're meeting through this project than maybe with the conversations that are just like general conversations with people we already know okay but then we're having I mean we're having a podcast every week so like <laughs> and that is I'm sure people that are listening are both new people and people we've known for a long time. So that's also part of, I mean, I don't know what the conversations beyond, like that we aren't even part of, like maybe hope, maybe people are talking about it and having positive uh, experiences and taking it and doing their own things with some of the context that we're bringing, so. Right, cool. Okay, next, intention, choice in medium and frequency. Okay. Is this the last one? Of this communication. Of communication. There's one more. Intention, choice in... Medium and frequency. Right. Which is to say the podcast, how many times the podcast comes out a week, the mm -hmm. 360 videos, the social media, all that. I would say that right now the uh, consistency is king here. This is what it's kind of uh, gone to for me personally, which is to say... There may be better mediums that could have existed for this project. And I don't know at this stage if I'd be inclined to experiment with things. I would be more interested in creating a full body of things that we've already done, you know? Yeah, well, I also think the intention choice in medium and frequency, like, for this year, and as you said earlier in this meeting, <laughs> you mentioned that this, we're, we're almost like in some ways just like in this whole walk as a halfway point of the project where there is probably going to be a lot that we're gonna do post walk. Right. And so there's gonna be so many more mediums that we have, like I don't know that we, I think we have made intention choices in how to communicate for this year. Yeah. And I don't think that changing that is necessary unless it was failing in some way. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we've made the intention choice in medium. I don't think it's failing in any way that we would need to rethink it. No. I don't think that rethinking things in this sort of like when there's so much going on is beneficial even. I think I think just keeping it going as long as it's not like broken. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And for frequency, yeah, I mean it's I think it's good. 
think it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think all of this stuff was, and like we did making those choices, we did talk about it a lot. And yeah, discussed like whether or not we could keep up with it, whether or not the there should be more, less, whatever. And this is what we came up with. And we've tweaked things, certainly, but um Yeah, I don't know if I. Yeah, there. I think there are things I maybe would have done differently in terms of exactly how we're doing the podcast and 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 whatnot. If it would have turned into exactly what it is now, which is I think a lot more long form listening and considerations than maybe doing something like a, a live stream, mm-hmm. which. We have been doing with the the other YouTube channels we're visiting, which is great, and we hope yeah. that the last season of this, the spring, will bring more of that. Yeah, but, yeah, those have been really fun. But I've always really appreciated this format, like the long talking podcast format. Anyway, so yeah. and that was kind of what we were setting out to do at the beginning of the project. So we've succeeded in doing what we were really thinking we wanted to do. Right, and I think that the live stream for us would be really fun to play around with. I also think... And that may well be something that you'll be seeing in the next few weeks. Yeah, we might try try it out in addition to the podcast. Um, But I think, yeah, what we're doing right now makes sense for, especially going into this, we didn't, like, we already were figuring out learning how to use this medium, and so... There's only so many mediums you can like learn all at once. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Let's go on to clarity. We're gonna okay, let's move we're gonna on hit to clarity, clarity quick because we have one more segment that that's true we want to do. Yeah, and we're getting tired. <laughs> clarity, pursuit. Oh, clarity is also like repetitive. It's and almost like a poem clear. in a way. Let's hear it. Pursuit of personal clarity, pursuit of paired clarity. Pursuit of communal clarity. Pursuit through outward awareness. Pursuit through inward awareness. You said it was a poem, so I read it all together. Pursuit of personal clarity. Yes. I mean, I think that's happening. Yes. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that, even though it is difficult to process right now, different feelings I'm experiencing, I think that all the documentation we're doing this podcast, the daily writing I'm doing, the photos and everything, all of that's going to contribute to some type of understanding how much of that understanding I'm going to retain or we're going to retain throughout the entirety of the walk and beyond. I don't know, but I do think there's going to be a good chunk of it that comes post-project as well. Yeah, I think that there is a lot of personal clarity that is coming, happening, but I also think that the the objective here is pursuit of personal clarity. Mm-hmm. And that is such a nice thing because it's like a constant, like that's a loop. That's yeah. or I guess it's a it's a never ending line. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. 
um, pursuit of paired clarity, I'd say is, yeah, similar. Yeah, I mean, that just does with, deals with our mutual understanding, which was a lot of what we had in the companionship section. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing it. Pursuing We're pursuing it. it. I'm pursuing it, and so are you. <laughs> Pursuit of communal clarity. Yeah. That is, I think maybe we meant more with the events and our community of people that we were going to deal with or going, you know, our immediate and YouTube friend circle that we have. And it has changed to some degree. We haven't had the same level of personal interactions with people that we know more intimately than maybe we would anticipate, but yeah. there's still there's still that going on. It's still being pursued insofar as we have the capability of, of pursuing it. Yeah, I think it's still being pursued. I think, um, you know, I think the more time you spend by yourself or with just one other person, the more that you and that one other person become your community. And the less easy it is to understand what's happening for the community mm-hmm. at large. Mm. Like, I think, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sound, um, I mean, the, I, my understanding is that you, it seems like there's a diminishment of communal understanding. I don't think that there's a diminishment of communal understanding or clarity, but I think that the pursuit in some, I mean, in some ways, like the pursuit of personal clarity, while it helps to have your own personal clarity, and this is like on certain things, I think, too, the stronger you are, feel and feel clear about where you are as an individual, mm-hmm. it may be possible that that makes it harder to... To have communal clarity? I mean, I feel like that is, you, you're bringing the jaded Jesse. Is that from, jaded Jesse? I think so. Maybe not. But it would seem to me that, like, if you have the highest level of personal clarity, you're going to be able to understand what your needs are and bring them to the community in a way that would achieve a greater sense of communal clarity. You can bring your needs to the community, but are you able to look beyond your needs to see what the community, what the community needs? You know what I mean? Like, like the more clear you are on your own personal experience that I think it can go either way. I think I think okay, here's what I think. I think part of the journey of personal clarity yeah is understanding our own personal experiences. Mhm. And I think that there's also a part of that journey that is understanding that the personal experience is only a personal experience mm-hmm. and that all personal experiences of each person are completely 
unique yeah, to that person. That's fine. I don't see how that would obscure your ability to find communal clarity. It seems like, if anything, that would only uh, widen your ability to find communal clarity. However, I think this is a half full, half empty situation. Well, I'm just thinking about it in a... I'm just curious. I'm not saying one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I would like to think that at some point you thought that they all aligned because then we wouldn't have them in the same box. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm just thinking as we're on this pursuit yeah. of clarity, mm -hmm. I'm wondering how much they bump up against each other and also like... Yeah, how much and how much of it when you're sort of trying to imagine, I guess, I mean, and also pursuit of communal clarity. It's like that can mean so many different things. It can mean like trying to understand what what or how the a bigger community thinks or it could be like as big as you know, the world, trying to solve some sort of world peace problem. Mm -hmm. It could be as small as like a family or, a, you know, or a small group of friends or something. But like, yeah, I mean, I do think ultimately if everyone was truly pursuing personal clarity, mm -hmm. that would help with communal clarity because everyone would be like, actually able to express themselves in a way that is like understanding of many different facets mm -hmm. let's go let's move on i don't know unless you have more to say i feel like i could think about this for a lot longer okay next one i think it's interesting yeah it'll have to be in the final report <laughs> well i guess i think we'll just have to think about it more i think i can see it being both and maybe it's just that it's like it could personal clarity could really, really benefit communal clarity at certain points along the path. Mm -hmm. And then at other points along the path, just because like to get something clear, it like has to kind of you probably it has to like keep getting polished. <laughs> so like at some of those, like there might be like the thing that needs to be polished still might be like an obscured vision of like what some other people mean by what they're saying or whatever you know and then you polish it more and then you're like oh i see like i didn't get that because of this thing that i didn't understand about myself and now that i understand that about myself i understand what they're saying you know like i feel like it might change okay does this make sense are you following are you sure. following i don't know if anyone's following it doesn't matter <laughs> it does matter because we're talking about pursuit of communal clarity <laughs> doesn't matter please say in the comments if it uh, matters all right moving on Pursuit through outward awareness. Mm -hmm. And pursuit through inward awareness. And pursuit through inward awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, those are like the, the ways to get there. Huh. I think so. Working on it. Doing Working it. on it. <laughs> well, that's it. That's the PCCC. Yep. That's our project pillars. Those are our project pillars. And yeah, we want to move on to something that we put together really uh, quickly. Five things that have changed about the project since we started and five things that have stayed the same. Yes. 
as is classic for our podcast, I feel like the things that we planned end up taking way more time to discuss than we give ourselves credit for. I didn't think we'd talk about that PCCC for very long. I, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go through these faster, but I think that we could have gone through them just as as slowly as it had taken, yeah. just as in depth as it had taken. But here we go. Five things that have changed since the project has started. First, our start and end times. <laughs> I don't know if this is something that we've explicitly talked about on the podcast, but when we started the project, we were going out at an average of like 7 to 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. And that was something that befit the intense physical rigor of what we were doing. I think that was something that befit the urgency of starting a new uh, workflow, a new uh, yeah. like uh, what, habit, new habit, routine. Yeah. yeah. And as we have progressed and have gotten more comfortable with doing this, it is one of the big things to have changed what time we actually get started. I mean, I think probably this week we averaged 11 a.m., I think. No. Yeah. No, because Wednesday we had to get our Hep A vaccine at 10.30, so we left at 9. And on Monday I walked by myself and I left at 8.50. Okay, but then you went to your studio. You didn't leave till 11. And then you walked some more. And then whatever. And then Thursday, (laughs) yesterday we started at noon. (laughs) Today we started at 11. Okay, maybe 11, we averaged 15. 11. No, you're anyway, right. The, the, some... the, uh, the uh, vaccine appointment had made it so that probably the average start time was 10.15 or 10.30. Yeah. But the point Not stands seven. that when we have an appointment <laughs> or somebody that we're meeting or some reason to start earlier, we can do that 10 times out of 10, no of problem. Course, we are yeah. always hitting our marks there. But... When removed from the obligation, the it seems that now we start at a much later time. Now, yeah. is that a problem? No, it isn't a problem. Only insofar as we have a certain obligation or expectation for ourselves yeah. as what time we should or shouldn't be starting, what it looks like to have a successful day. <laughs> and the successful criteria has changed, uh, you know, away from starting at a certain time and towards making sure we finish yeah which we've done well it's also just a weird like societal pressure to like start early kind of thing you know like it's it's a funny thing like when we've done a podcaster or met up and walked with some friends or something during the day and we have started like at 11 or noon which means that we'll get home at like 9 or 10 and that's just like that's what it means like we realize that when we leave but when we say that to other people they're like oh Oh no! Like, are you sh- are you sure? Like, and we're like, oh yeah. Like, what? Yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do about it? Like, <laughs> how are you gonna fix this? And also, it's fine. But I think yeah, people are used to like you want to end your day around six or something. I guess I would have wanted to like end our day around six, but yeah, it just it's not how it's gonna work. We, right. I, I'm not gonna sprint out the door. I'm going to wake up whenever we wake up. I mean, we have a problem in general with alarm clocks. It doesn't really matter. We, our alarm clocks will go off for 50 minutes to an hour every day, 
And we probably yeah. could change that by like where we position our alarms. We could or get something. one of those alarm clocks that like hops away from you or whatever. I, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's fine. It's just kind of where we are. And so that's how we're living our lives right now, which is yeah, it's very much at the changed. cadence that we would want to be living. Yeah. And there you go. I mean, obviously, there must be something that's going on here that we feel the need to, like, rationalize what's going on. I know. It's so weird. But that's just, yeah, that's how it is. And also, we know from starting earlier, both on our trip walks and on these walks, that if, you know, if you get to noon and you've already done 60% of your day, that feels pretty good. It feels good. I think, honestly, I think that's, like, the biggest thing is that it just... It feels good to be up and moving and like, yeah, look at the time and see that you've already been out for a while. Like, yeah. it's just a bummer to be like, and it's not like that big of a bummer, but it's just like to look at the clock and be like, oh, it's one o'clock. We're probably halfway through the day. And then remember, like, well, we left at 1130. So we're actually only like five miles in. Well, I don't even at this point, I don't even think of one o'clock as halfway anymore because we've been. <laughs> You know, because the parameters of when we generally get up have changed. Yeah. But that's fine. It also yeah, makes it so that when we do get up earlier on the days that we do and we continue to make good time, then it's like a treat to get home at yeah. an earlier hour. And it's not like a big deal. All it is. I mean, for me, I still do definitely think of like one or two as being like, oh, we should be at least halfway by now. Yeah. And I just have to turn that off. It's like, yeah. it's fine. It takes a second. And then I'm like, all right, time yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens the last season. Yeah. Especially when we go to the Bronx in April, we'll be spending the whole month there. Yeah. How that shift in environment shifts what our time frames look that like. That might change things. Also, just like the light. Yeah. The light. The winter is hard. The winter is hard to wake up early. Yeah. Because it's dark. Yeah. And cold. Number two on. on changes, photo collections. So these are things that we've started to take photos of as we've been walking. We haven't talked about this at all on the podcast either. I don't think so. But there are a series of things that we have started capturing. A couple of them include license plates. Jesse has There been... are so many vanity plates in New York. It's so fun. Yeah. And like they don't all make sense. Like no. a lot of times they don't say anything that I know. Yeah. Sometimes one of us but... will get it. Sometimes the other person will get it. Yeah. And then sometimes we neither of us get it, but we still take the photo. Maybe one yeah. of you will get it whenever we decide to present all of that information. Right. Uh, which we are holding off on for now. Right. Another thing that we've been taking photos of, I'd say since three months in or so, are lost keys. <laughs> there are a lot of lost keys in New York City. And so we've been documenting all of them. It started when... We were under the Verrazano Bridge sometime in whenever our October. first full month of Brooklyn was, which was probably was October. October. Yeah. And I saw this massive set of keys and I neglected to take a photo of them. And then usually this is how this starts. These collections <laughs> start because I feel like I missed an opportunity to do it previously. And so now I have to make up for it by capturing all of them. Right. And so that's what we've been doing since then. I don't know how my license plate thing started. I think I just must have seen 
a really funny one. Yeah. I don't remember what I, I mean, I can go back and look at some point, but yeah. I think I must have just seen a really funny one and thought, oh, I should take a picture of that. And then, like, once I did that, started seeing more. Yeah. And then at some point, just started, like, took a couple pictures of the funny ones and then was like, oh, well, there's so many vanity plates. I'm going to take a picture of all the vanity plates. And then at some point was like, there are too many vanity plates. I'm not taking a picture of all of them, but I will take a picture of the ones I want to take a picture of, which right. is still like five a day usually. <laughs> yeah. So, and yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And this is all just in general under the umbrella of like media capture. And I would say in general, we have added to our media capture rather than stripped away from it as the project has progressed yeah uh i would I, although i've noticed that recently i've been taking less daily photos but i'm not really sure why that maybe because you're repeating places i guess maybe i don't like know at the beginning you were taking pictures of stuff that was like felt new or something yeah i mean i still now take photos but i feel like it's i feel like it's less it might not be less mm -hmm. it just feels like less Anyway, number three, uh, things that have changed are bodies on the walk. This is something that we've covered a, you know, at sporadic points throughout the project. Yeah. When we can. But just the general idea that from the beginning when it was very difficult to do the walking till now when it is, uh, you know, physically akin to having worked for a full day in a job that keeps you on your feet. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I think like the first time that we ever recorded a podcast after walking. Right. I remember being like, uh, can't believe we're doing this. Like this is crazy. I feel crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and um now I mean, we walked today. Yeah. Now we and do we, it as we a do part it of a lot. Like, which, the Friday night uh, yeah. recording, and yeah. we won't do that always, but like... Well, if we're not doing it at this point, it's because we're recording it during the week. Whereas mm -hmm. at the beginning of the project, we were recording on a day off and then doing the editing then. But it's, yeah. for better or worse, I don't really know, I'm not venturing to guess at this point, but it, we have maximized the time efficiency by putting it on a day that we've walked <laughs> rather than having it take up half of our weekend day so right and i am tired right now yeah like, I'm, tired I'm, too. I'm not like not tired but i am not i'm still able to do this yeah yeah for sure so yeah and our bodies i mean i think the bodies are one of the more interesting things i think for most people they're mm -hmm. interested in it and so we're going to need to think about it a lot at the conclusion of the project as well yeah. i'm hopeful that between the notes we've been leaving ourselves in the podcast the things like this right now although we're being pretty swift in the description right now we are but the what i've been writing in the journal as well and this thing here um <laughs> will hope helpful hopefully help us to unpack that because yeah. it i mean there will be some impressions that we will have at the end of the project independent of all of that but hopefully like this this data will be fresher and more informative yeah probably um and yeah we've talked about the changes in that respect a number of times but 
just generally like being able to easily walk a marathon and like not feel crazy about it not feel like it's an insane task and then feeling awake and able to do other stuff when we get home and being able to go over the marathon no problem and not like needing to really stretch and as much still thinking that that's a good idea but like not if I don't stretch like I'm not hobbling out of bed the next morning kind yeah. of thing anymore yeah. so yeah yeah number four uh this is kind of they are related but uh the bagel stuff which yeah. we talked about earlier this episode the idea that it it was never a conception to do the bagel reviews but after I started eating the bagels and then posting about them people liked it it is like the most accessible thing about mm -hmm. what we're doing which is ultimately on the balance a good thing it could be also construed as a bad thing in so far as it detracts from what is really what we're most interested about what we're doing but i think on the balance it's a good thing because yeah. it allows an accessibility point something that everybody can understand not everybody can understand walking a marathon every day but they can understand what an everything bagel tastes like sure. so i think that is something that we've enjoyed and we'll continue to work on and it was a surprise that it you know became a thing yeah and it's also something that does take up a, a meaningful amount of bandwidth in terms of you know planning and thinking about mm -hmm. it three days a week and you know i'm willing to do that it was part of what we were talking about at the start of the project is making sure to be protective of what takes up bandwidth and mm. what is even if you have the space to take things on should you take them on i think at this point we are that boat is like very far gone so i you I know mean, i wouldn't stop at this point and we're going to continue to the end but it is something that i'll be thinking about at the conclusion of the project as well on what it means to give space two things versus what it means to have as much possible free as possible and i think there is a correlation between our bodies being able to adjust to this act mm -hmm. and then it feeling like well because i'm not feeling this level of fatigue anymore and because i have a mastery of my experience i am capable of taking on more things yeah and yeah i mean i think ultimately i at this point feel like i am okay with taking on a lot and increasing my workload to high a high level of bandwidth because i'm young and i have the energy and it feels like i can i can on one hand like recognize it as almost a degree of foolishness because it's like you don't have to be doing Every, you could just be doing what you're doing and that is yeah. enough, but also like I have the ability uh, to do it right now and like that, I might not always have that ability and it's like a type of indiscretion that I almost find charming in a way where it's like I'm, I'm okay with extending myself in this manner. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I definitely fill up my bandwidth as much as possible too. 
I don't think it's as much of like a conscious choice and more of just like there's so much that I want to do and I just kind of am like yeah I want to do that yeah I'll do that yeah I'll do that yeah yep 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 until I'm like oh. shit I have to say no I have to say no because I can't do it and then like I'm just doing it all because I'm like this is all fun though but I'm it's very much not like yeah I'm able to I think if I had the a little more um personal clarity about how much like time and energy actually gets expended I do think that I would like to experience what it feels like to not be carrying the max load for a little while like yeah yeah you know you got I mean I guess like this weird analogy that I just came up with uh you if you're working out at the gym and you're like I can lift 10 pounds and then you're like once 10 pounds seems easy you like up it to 15 pounds and like you would never just like stop and keep lifting whatever's easy like you would always either do more reps or like add more weight and there's something that like maybe just maintaining something that is was challenging at some point and now isn't challenging for like a little while (laughs) (laughs) could also be just enjoyable i don't know yeah yeah for sure so maybe one day i'll try that (laughs) number five on the changes is our walk routes which i feel like has a similarity to the start and end time conversation at least for me Mm -hmm. personally and i think jesse might feel differently but there was an idea of like stringent adherence to the walk routes when we started And there's also this idea that was brought up to us at the beginning of the project of wandering around the city. What is the the structuralist? What's what's the name of the... Oh, the French people? Yes. Was it the structuralist? The name is escaping me right now. It's not? Anyway, the idea of wandering around the city as a practice was something that was brought up to us uh, multiple times at the start of the project. And we have basically gradually shifted what it means to follow the routes. So where it was previously was we would follow the routes to a T every day. And as a consequence of doing that, we would experience the same things five times in a row. And we would be able to see the differences each day and sometimes we would see the similarities each day as well so obviously there's the very obvious similarities the same environment and then the differences would be the people that you know are set dressing the environment each day and then sometimes we'd see the same people doing the same acts which was interesting and so i really appreciated those things but now as we've progressed I think for a couple of reasons, it has been that we make sure to see every aspect of the route on a given week, but the route changes much more on a daily basis. And as a consequence, we see more areas, like Mm -hmm. for instance, as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, that terrace view of the Queensboro Bridge, not on the route, but we saw it because we wanted to walk down 
York Street, is it York Avenue? It was on, we, were, we walked on York and then we walked it to Sutton Place. It turned into Sutton Place, yes. And then we wanted to go to Sutton Square. Yeah. Yeah. So we would not have seen that had we adhered to the route as it was mapped out on our map. Right. But then as a consequence, we are not having that experience of seeing the same things five times. Right. So and that repetitive thing. Yeah. So, I mean, we are always walking 26.2 miles, and that has become our North Star to make sure that we adhere to the marathon. And so, I mean, I guess it, it's good because it clarifies that the marathon is very much a part of this project, even more so than it was. Right. And the aspect of walking the route itself five times, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily bad because it allows us to do more of the roaming and more independence. I think it's just a difference in quality rather than it is in like a difference in caliber, you know. Yeah, I think it's just a different experience. Uh, they're called the situationists. Situationists. And, um, and I think, I mean, it, it's not so devolved as to think that we're just like going out and walking a random 26.2 miles every day. Right. We're still walking the route-ish. Like we're just not making every single turn at exactly the same spot and like adhering to this like very clear direction. Yeah. We're still like last week when we did the Royal Tenenbaums theme, like we're still walk to the different places that are related to the theme. We just walk down a different street or we might spend some time like exploring one of those neighborhoods if we hadn't been there before and we feel like on a whim we want to see something. And yeah, I think it, I agree. I think I agree with you. I mean, I think there was something interesting about the Monday is a fresh exploration. Tuesday, you're still kind of finding your way, but you like recognize things. Wednesday, you know your way. By Friday, you're like very comfortable and noticing all the little details. And I think there was some, uh, there was something, it was worth doing it that way for a while. And yeah, I think both, I think both ways of doing it are perfectly valid. And if we had kept doing it that way, we wouldn't have seen a lot of stuff and we wouldn't have had this like exploration quality in the same way yeah. that we do now. And if we had stuck to it that way, there's plenty that we would have seen that we haven't, you know, like, yeah, either yeah. way is good. I yeah. think this just works yeah. for what, for how we're feeling right now. Yeah. And it allows us like, when people want to join us on a walk, it allows, like how we do it now, it allows right. for us to like adjust the route a little bit to be more friendly to like what might work for them as well, you know, and not to be so strict as like, well, you can join us, but like yeah. you got to get on and get off at a certain time and like at the right stop and then find your own way home. You know, like we can like work in like a loop or something if it makes sense or like, you know. Right go two blocks over to like meet them <laughs> right. or something like that. Right. So, yeah. So those are the things that have changed. Five things that have changed. Five things that have stayed the same. One, the podcast. We have been doing this every week 
we haven't missed a week to my recollection. No, we haven't missed a week. The length has been about the same. The maybe the only thing that maybe changed was at the start. I think we had an ambition to do have guests every week. Ultimately, oh. that changed, but I think. Wow, I don't remember that. I think it maybe that was just in my head. Ultimately, <laughs> I think it's for the better because it allows us to do things episodes like these. If mm -hmm. we had had an episode where there was a guest every week, we would have had to make sure that the guest was, I guess, asking us more in-depth questions about what we're doing. Yeah, we would have had to like have people that interview. We would have had to have David Letterman on five times or something. Right, right. So, but as far as being able to keep this aspect of the project, it has maintained a high level of fidelity to what we originally intended. So I think that's good. Yeah. And if you think that's good, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't think it's good, that's fine too. You can let us know. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> Number two, we have the Use of Force series. Now, the Use of Force series is really interesting for us to talk about because it doesn't exist on YouTube, which is really our primary platform. Yeah. And it doesn't really exist on Instagram that much either. Yeah. We started off talking about the Use of Force stuff on Instagram and on Facebook and on YouTube casually. For those of you who have joined somewhere along the way, you may not know what the use of force thing is. Yeah. Use of force refers to a separate, shorter podcast we do on all of our podcast platforms. Right. And yeah. So it's on Podbean and Spotify and iTunes and et cetera. And the term use of force is something that's used by... Police departments specifically, we talk about the NYPD anytime that there is a use of force. And that would mean anything, any weapon, any animal, any physical interaction with someone that the NYPD is interacting with. And we looked at the last decade of these use of force reports. At the end of each use of force report, it talks about anyone that's been killed with a firearm by the NYPD. And so we've listed those all out. We've matched up the locations of those use of force reports with our walk routes. And then each week we discuss what happened in the incident that aligned with where we were walking. That's right. So we have been doing this for each week that we have walked, and it was in response to George Floyd's death and the ensuing protests. We felt that it didn't feel correct for us to continue this project without doing something that referenced the energy that was that moment. It probably would have been something that we could have not done based on our current climate. You know, it, it, it has died down considerably relative to that moment in time, but it still wouldn't have seemed 
appropriate to us to just kind of wait it out because it felt like a really important moment and we wanted to synthesize it somehow. Yeah, I mean, I also think the way I would maybe say it is that the energy that was sparked very strongly during all the Black Lives Matter protests after the killing of George Floyd was something that I personally could tell was not sustainable for me. Going to protests every day or uh, participating in some sort of type of uh, activism that while I really appreciate it and I think it's really important and I think there are people that that for that for them that is sustainable I think I know for myself that I'm just I'm not going to be able to keep that up and I thought that these things that were being talked about were really important and I also wanted to learn more about what the role of police in the lives of people of color is. I also wanted to learn more about what the role of police in general in society is and incorporating something into our project because we were already committing to do a year-long project. It made sense to try and find a sustainable action to incorporate into the project. Yeah. I think for me it was less about like feeling like I had like feeling like it was necessary for us to engage in this in some way and more just like that I wanted to engage in it but I wanted to engage in it in a way that was true to who I am and didn't feel like I was just jumping on a bandwagon of excitement that a lot of people had and like energy that again was like very important and I'm so glad that a lot of people were doing that but I remember people asked us like oh are you gonna do a marathon length walk around like and do protests all day for the length of a marathon and while that's like a really great idea it just didn't feel that felt like almost not that we're making money but like capitalizing on this tragic event and using other people's energy that really should be going towards fixing these issues and like getting those out but like using it for our own personal gain and I didn't want to do that so yeah I think challenging ourselves to or not even challenge like just giving ourselves the assignment to investigate learn and discuss one incident a week yeah. Um, yeah, has been a good way. I feel like I've learned a lot about the NYPD also. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of patterns and I think at the I think at the end of the year there's also going to be a lot of data to compile and digest. Yeah. And I think adjacent to what Jesse's saying, the idea that it isn't just about going to an event and representing a position one way or the other. It is about understanding at a personal level how we feel based on investigations of our own that felt really important. Because for both of us, I think we generally side on the idea of equality for all. I mean, and 
and justice. I mean, things that are platitudes in some way, but we want to be able to have specific understandings of why that is. And in order for us to have those specific understandings, we need to invest some of our own energy into understanding the specific circumstances of some of these incidents. And, yeah. and so that's what we've done for the for the past 39 weeks, found a bunch of different ones. And the they range on a week to week basis, you know, where sometimes there will be incidents where there is a clear uh, instance of uh, abuse by the NYPD in some respects. In other instances, it will be there is a clear systemic failure that includes the failure to support the NYPD. In other instances, it is a completely gray area. At where, least to us, it's yeah. hard for us to understand exactly what happened or why it happened or what else could have been done or what ha what could change in our society or in systems to make things like this not happen. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's been um it's been very interesting. I feel like it's been very educational. It's definitely yeah, it's stayed the same because it's something we've done every week. Although it has changed because I feel like I've become more comfortable just talking about this and I've found different ways to I feel like I've just learned a lot. Yeah. And yeah, I mean I would encourage anyone that's interested in listening to these to to listen to them there our podcast is often very like fun and cheery and um these are not because they're about people being killed by the police so if you are going to go and listen to them just be prepared that that's what we're talking about and we're happy to engage people um in conversation about it too as much as anyone wants you know we're definitely interested in continuing to learn and grow our understanding of those yeah situations yeah we'll add a link to that we will also add a link if we haven't already to the episode we did very early on before we even started walking about defunding the police and what it means jesse did some fantastic research on that and we discussed it together and um yeah i mean that that is an aspect that at some point will also touch down on youtube but probably post-project yeah. In some fashion. And yeah, so that's that's that aspect that has stayed the same. Uh, number three is the coronavirus, right. which we didn't expect would last this long when we started the project, I think. No. Yeah. We uh, I mean, we first of all, when we planned the project, didn't think there'd be a pandemic. Then when there was a pandemic, we were like, all right, maybe this will be over and a little bit and we can start and then it wasn't going to be over before we started and then we started and thought okay well maybe this will last for like i don't know the first half and then the second half we'll be able to do all the stuff that we thought we could do and obviously that's not the case and it turns out by what's being predicted right now that maybe right around the time that we finish our project will be when things sort of start stopping <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, i mean it is and completely was completely unanticipated when we were planning the project that this was going to be a thing obviously and it ends up 
being, will end up being one of the dominant themes of the project. You know, people, yeah. we will certainly, anytime people ask us what we were doing during the coronavirus, we'll have a particularly unusual response for them. <laughs> and I think that people looking back on this time period will see that this project was a major experience of it, so. Yeah. And it has colored our every interaction with every person. People watching this right now, people on the street, it has not changed at all. I mean, the, I guess, our all collective understanding of it has changed in really interesting ways as we become familiar with the idea of everybody wearing a mask and yeah. familiar with the idea of like, the specter of death around our lives and not being blown away with 500,000 people dying. But, you know, it, as far as the, its presence, it has not gone away. Yeah, no, it's very much still, still happening, you know, on a rainy day. I just tuck a dry mask into my pocket so that I can replace it halfway through the day. Like, yeah, yeah these little things that, um, yeah, didn't expect to be and now are just part now it's like it's going to be weird to stop doing these things you know it's been so long yeah yeah number four things that have stayed the same are clothing we are now entering our spring season which will actually be the re-premiere of our spring clothing yeah we premiered our clothing uh, on a, a live stream video <laughs> a year ago. I don't know what the exact day is, but pretty close. Yeah, we it can, might have been almost exactly We can link to it. Uh, we can link to... No, I think it was on the day that we were going to have an event. It was the 13th or the 14th. Okay, so it, more than a year ago. We can link to that video. We can also link to the uh, premiere trailer of it. And yeah, we've been able to largely maintain... I mean... I only say largely because in the winter in particular, we were not doing the one uniform a day as much. We had all the clothing at our disposal. We were using all of the clothing. However, particularly when it was uh, really, really cold or really snowy, we prioritized functionality over the idea of wearing one of the different five outfits each yeah. day of the week. Yeah, like for example, there were a couple weeks where it was like snow every day and I tried to wear some light pink sweatpants or like you even call it like a sweatsuit. Yeah. Um, and they immediately just like even though it wasn't snowing that day from the dirty snow, like the whole bottoms got all stained. And um, I just even though that is kind of interesting maybe, like to see how the clothes deteriorate from walking in them, that didn't, it wasn't really a thing for summer and fall. Yeah. Like my clothes didn't really deteriorate wearing them 15 times. And so I just didn't want to ruin my sweatpants, my like nice light pink, like bubblegum sweatsuit <laughs> in the second week of winter. And so I started wearing my snow pants, which are part of my outfit. They're floral snow pants, but I just wore them every single snowy day and then would wear like a different top yeah. and jacket from the winter collection. So a lot more mixing and matching, mm -hmm. I'd say. And then the occasional like, yeah, extra hoodie layer 
thrown in on the days when it was 20 degrees or something like that just yeah. to stay warm. But the clothing... But other than that, yeah, yeah the clothes I have stayed have stayed the same. And it's actually kind of incredible. I feel like there's a lot of clothes that I picked because of the function, like the tier system, right? The functionality is like at the bottom, but even though I was picking clothes that were vintage or made in the US or whatever it was, like that are high up on the tier, I was also trying to pick clothes that would be comfortable to walk long distances in. Yeah. Um, not like spandex joggers or something, but like, you know, just like why, like not so tight pants or something like that. But a cup, like a handful of my clothes are just like, well, this doesn't feel like it's going to be comfortable, but it's too cute to not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just like it so much. And even those have been fine. Yeah. Um, and I think that just goes back to like our bodies changing where it's been fine. Yeah. Yeah. And they have largely fulfilled our theory that the most communication that you do with people on the street is through your clothes. Oh, sure. And so we have definitely encountered people who are interested, especially in the hats. Once the hats came into play, when it got cold, they became a conversation starter at least once a week. Yeah, at it's a so funny how often people are like, what's that? Or yeah. <laughs> what are those orbs? Yeah. What's that logo? Yeah. You guys in a band? Are you, are you, uh, is that your uniform? Yeah. It's funny when people say, "Are you? is that your uniform? Because we're like, well, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I don't think they, it's not what they mean. Yeah. No. But yeah, that and the rain gear as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rainy days when we're all like in our crazy rain suits that have the HV logo on the back. Yeah. People comment on those too. Yeah. So that's number four. And number five, our last one of things that have stayed the same, no surprise, the walking. We, we're still walking. We're still walking. We have not deviated from the amount. I mean, we've gone over on a number of days, 26.2, but we have not gone under on any one day. I did. When's that? Once. When? I, three weeks ago. What's that? Three weeks ago, I missed a walking day. Three weeks ago, and for, I think everybody's familiar with this, we don't talk about it explicitly because what we consider to be the minimum viable product, the minimum threshold for this project is that one of us walk a marathon five days a week. Oh, that's true. We have never missed that. I have walked all five days every week so far. Yes. Fortunately, I have not been incapacitated in any way, which was the reason why we made it so that the minimum viable product was that one of us walked, just in case yeah, something like that happened. Yeah, just in case happened. one of us got sick or something. And so Jessie, she walks three days a week because she's also running a dye studio <laughs> the other four days a week. And yes, so she missed one day three weeks ago. Yeah, I got really overwhelmed with a deadline and thought I'd still be able to do it all. Turns out I couldn't. And yeah, I felt really bad about it. I felt like I had committed to do this thing and... I had to make that choice. I didn't, I really like, I could have not made that choice, but it would have meant that I was going to fail pretty severely at my other job, you know, my job, <laughs> this isn't a job, <laughs> at the other thing I'm doing, the other thing I'm committed to. 
And yeah, I didn't feel good about that, but I needed to. I needed to for the other commitment I had made. And um, yeah, that's why I ended up walking an extra day this week by myself. To that's make right. Up for it. So, so I did four days this week. Yeah. So ultimately, the obligation that Jessie set out for herself and that we agreed to on the project, which was for her to do three walking days on any walk week, was fulfilled. It was just deferred. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't consider that to be somehow lessened in any way. She did the, the route, which was the writer's of Manhattan week. She did that by herself on Monday. And this was her first week of walking four days. Yeah. And I think it's it's okay, but it's also like, uh, it's worth just saying like, okay, so some people will hear this now, but it's also worth just saying it as um, like an understanding of like what it means in general to commit to walking three marathons a week and running a dye studio where you're producing 2,000 garments a season. Like, right. like it's kind of a lot, I think. Yeah. And so <laughs> I guess this is also just like a little diary entry to be checked in on at a later date when I'm thinking about overwhelming myself with projects. That's right. And if you <laughs> are a dyer and you're thinking about walking three marathons a week, Take this advice from Jesse. Just, uh, no, I mean, what's the advice? It's like, yeah, it, like you can do it. I mean, actually, the more, first of all, if you're a dyer, you live in New York City, get in touch because I'm looking for an extra hand at my studio for the next season. Um, that would be my advice, though. Also, if you're a dyer and you have a huge dye project that you're working on and you also want to do long distance walks with, the person that you love um just make sure that you have like enough help to make it all happen i do have help i have wonderful help the people that work with me are incredible and talented and fun and nice and put up with my stress levels last month which was kind of unbearable but um yeah i, I need a little more help <laughs> so well we never put your resume in the comments below that's right, you... <laughs> that's right. type it out no just send it to me personally <laughs> but yeah anyway yeah the, so whatever the walking we, itself has remained we've kept walking intact we're still walking yeah and we plan to keep walking for we plan to months. keep walking there is i don't feel any need despite the appeals to having more drama in our recordings uh, i don't feel any need to put that added pressure of drama on what we're doing we will not have accomplished anything until we've actually done it as far as i'm concerned we have 13 weeks to go yeah and to rest on our laurels is not what we're looking to do we still have 2,000 miles to go and yeah it's gonna be fun yeah, it will. Not, I, spring is going to be great. Yeah. I'm excited for spring. Yeah. Spring, which was not our intended plan. We were planning on ending this week, but instead we got 13 weeks, and I think it's going to be great to be coming up into the warm months as we conclude this project. Yeah, yeah I think it'll be really nice. So. But that does it for this XL edition 
of the podcast. Yeah. It's a great opportunity to catch up with what the status of us is. <laughs> We're going to be going back next week to a guest. We won't tell you who it is, but we will tell you that we're going to be exploring the museums yeah. of Manhattan. Yeah, we have a special museum guest coming. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of fun next week. If you like this episode, if you like the content that you see on the channel otherwise, please give a like to this video. Please subscribe to the channel if you're not already subscribed. It helps us uh, spread all this content around. Yeah, yeah, as they say, uh, smash that like button, <laughs> please. That's Jessie's <laughs> new phrase. She says it all the time. I've just been saying it constantly. Yeah. But thank you all so much for tuning in. As always, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate everybody's support. And until next time, take care. Bye. Bye.